ask you right now to bring the pieces back together. Lord, we praise you that you are the God who brings bone to bone. Thank you, Father, for healing and, Lord, this miracle in her life. Thank you that you saved Sister Andy's two granddaughters that were in the car with her. And we just thank you, Father, for healing her head and, Lord, for the needs of those that we prayed for this morning, those who are believing for loved ones. We thank you, Father, for the meeting the needs of your people. Thank you for you are our great shepherd. Thank you that you have the resources for all of our needs, physically, mentally, financially, emotionally. Thank you for your blessings and your presence here. We pray in Jesus' name. We praise you, Lord. Just turn to somebody next to you. Just shake their hands. Hug their neck. Tell them I'm glad to see you tonight. Glad you made it. Just bless them. Hallelujah. Well, we bless you tonight. So good to see you. Glad you came out. And a number of people, the Royal Rangers came back from that camping and all that. But we're glad you're here tonight. Just a few meetings, usher and greeters. We're having a meeting tomorrow night here at 7 o'clock. So I want to encourage you, if you're in ushers and greeters, or if you'd like to get involved with usher and greeting, be here tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. We'd appreciate it. Also, the college career, um, we're having the roast uh, Monday, October 12th at 630 and uh, Joy's not here, but you talked to Joy. There she is. Hey, I got your DVDs. Don't run away, okay? And so anyway, they're going to be here. So uh, you see her about that. We, we're excited about that. Also, SWAT Young at Heart, Sam's Club Picnic and Bowling, Thursday, October 15th at 1145. You can see Sister Kay about that. And they're going to have Sister Carolyn, Sister Carolyn Williams. And they're going to have a, a, a good time. And uh, Sam's Club Picnic and Bowling. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have your Bibles, look with me. First Chronicles chapter 29. Just something I want to share with you. Write this down. And, you know, I always like to give you things. So many people say, you know, I don't know what to do about the devotion, so forth and so on. Not only do we give you the messages. Chris, boy, you lying in church, son. You lying in church. You told me you burnt all your LSU stuff. You raised your hand. You interrupted my service. We're going to roast you, boy. You went to Walmart and bought that this afternoon. You, you, you went back and bought it. You burn it when you bought it. I cannot believe you, Chris. Then you had the, you came and showed you. You come in that tonight. We're going to, this wasn't a Florida one. Huh? We're going to tie you up and drag you around. I cannot believe you had the nerve to wear that tonight after raising your hand and interrupting my service. We got you on internet and everything. I burn it all. I burn all. You you lie. You fry, Chris. (laughs) Favor with man. I don't know. Uh Uh-uh. Not when it's on tape. We got it recorded. Uh Uh-uh. We got to go back and erase all that. I was so proud of you. Anyway. 
First Chronicles 29. I want you to see something here. And, you know, you don't have to read a whole lot to get a whole lot. Sometimes I think we run over and, you know, we want to complete. It's like we get in a race when it comes to reading our Bible. And there's something I want you to see in First Chronicles 29, verse 11. This is so easy. It says, listen to David's heart. He connected with God. Oh, that, that we connect with God. If people have connection with God and, and see these four things I'm going to give you, wouldn't be running out, wouldn't be running out before service is over. Wouldn't be having the issues and problems many times that we do. Because look at this. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness. Take that word right there. The greatness of God. You see, if you live seeing and have a vision of the greatness of God, you'll live the high life. You can't see the greatness of God and live in the low life. You see the greatness of God, you live in the light life. You see His greatness according to the faith of His greatness. The word greatness there speaks of something that grows to set a high value in one's life, to consider Him great. So you could take that word right there and just look at the definition. Oh, Lord, yours, oh, Lord, is the greatness. And then what's the next one? The power. That word there speaks of the dominion of God. It speaks in the Hebrew of raising oneself to be the head overall. It means to be the champion warrior. It means to be the successful warrior. It means to excel in majesty and might and strength. It means to rise, to restore, and to prevail over. You just get that word of, Lord, yours is the greatness, and you get into that word, yours is the power. Yours is the power to restore my family. Yours is the power to restore my children, my finances, my job. Yours is the power to restore our nation. Obama might have been with the homosexuals last night and, and, and trying to make points with them, but you are excelling over and restoring the true identity of what wife and husband is. Yours is the power over the United States of America. And David doesn't stop there. He goes on to say, and the glory. Somebody say the glory. The awesome beauty of God. The more I know of you, the word glory there, the more I know of you, the more I want of you. Listen to these words. Just bask in the presence of these words. Yours is the power. Yours is the greatness. Yours is the glory. What I have for you in my heart cannot be satisfied. There's just so much about you that I want to know and I desire. And he goes on, yours is the victory. Somebody say victory. Victory is the object in the Hebrew of that which lies ahead. It's where I'm going. I'm not going backwards in defeat. I've been rescued out of defeat, going forward into victory. David had victory in the heart. When you start meditating on the greatness and the glory and the power, the dominion of God, you can't think of defeat. You can only think of victory. Victories ahead. Victories waiting for me. That's my objective. It means confidence and that truth will prevail and truth will be permanent. Then he says, and yours is the majesty. Say majesty. It means the worthiness, the grandeur, the excellency, the radiance appearance. What's awesome about that word majesty, you know, David, it speaks of music. It speaks of a spear, of a sound of music, angelic host over all the spear, over all the atmosphere of earth and heaven and Israel. It's a word about music above the high spheres. It speaks of God's robe. 
that when he has heard that we have fellowship with him, that the robe that's upon God is put upon us. I mean, just these few words here is enough to make your week the best week in the world. And, you know, I was speaking to you this morning about the importance of magnifying. David said, stop magnifying your problems and magnify the Lord. Well, why do we magnify? His greatness, His glory, His power, His dominion. And just that one verse will get you magnifying all that God is and get your eyes off of the little things that are insignificant before the victory of God. Amen. So I want the ushers to come forward. We want to get ready to give. But I wanted to just give you something. And that I tell you, that's six days of journaling right there. Amen, church. That's six days of free devotion right there in that one verse. Just take one word a day. Look it up. Study it. Get in your index. Look at all the other places where those words are used. And just, just write down these notes and let the Spirit of God just prompt you. May the Lord bless you tonight. We love you. Amen.
Chris, everybody just want everybody to know Chris and I, we're tight, and he knows I'm just playing at him. Hallelujah. And uh, Wednesday night, real excited about Brother Mike McVeigh. Been knowing Brother Mike and his family for many years, and we're just excited to have them here. And he's going to be ministering this Wednesday night, so make sure you come. And he told me what he's ministering on, and it's going to be real important. It's going to tie in with some of the things tonight, so make sure you come and get a hold of that. And then this Sunday morning, Brother Greg Jones from uh, Gonzales. A big church there is going to be ministering here. And you come and be blessed. We've had him before, and he's going to be here again. And I tell you, he's just going to encourage you and bless you. Let's go to the book of Revelation. I won't keep you long tonight. We're going to try to make Sunday night more and more like family night. So I appreciate you coming out. But I do want to give you some of the word here tonight in Revelation chapter 2. We were in the letter to the church in Pergamos. And so I want to just finish with that tonight. Revelation chapter 2. I've already did the first part before. I want to just give you the second part here. And uh, we'll start with verse 14. Like I said, uh, for those who uh, want to get the first part of this letter, uh, go ahead and get the tape or get into the archives of the website. But it says in verse 14, But I have a few things against you because you have there those who hold, or one translation says fellowship with the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to be, put a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols, and to commit sexual morality. Thus you also have those who hold the doctrine of Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. And we saw in the beginning of Revelation, he said it twice, that he hated. He didn't hate the people, he hated the falseness and the deception. Verse 16 says, Repent or else I will come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. And I will give him a white stone and a stone with a new name. There it is, Brother Mike, which no one knows except he who receives it. So tonight I just want to speak a few things. And I shared with you that 
many times there's no way to be defeated unless we're deceived. And the thing that the Lord, the Spirit is warning the churches there is about deception. And he was talking to them about tolerating and fellowshipping with doctrines that are dangerous. We saw deception speaks about not believing or basing our life on the full counsel of God. We have to be careful and make sure we're walking according to the doctrine. I want you to go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And let me read a portion of scripture there for you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14. This is really important. If you didn't bring your Bible, please make a note and then read it later on during the week or tonight when you get home. But 2 Corinthians chapter 6. The Bible warns us many, many times that in the last days many will fall into false doctrine, into heresy. Uh, many will give in to even doctrines of demons. And uh, that is happening. But we want to make sure it doesn't happen to any of us. Amen, church. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. I'm going to read in the New Living to start off with. And it says, Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? Remember, Balaam tricked them into accepting things that were offered to idols. For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them. How many know God lives in you? And walks among us. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers. Separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things. And I will welcome you. Now the message puts it a little more into light here. Don't become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not partnership. That's war. I love that. When you try to have a relationship with those who are of a false doctrine, those who are in error, that's not fellowship. That's war. Because there is war between the name of Jesus and the lie of Satan. And so he's saying, you can't have peace. There's going to be war. Is, is light best friends with darkness? Does Christ go strolling with the devil? Do trust and mistrust hold hands? Would you think of setting up pagan idols in God's holy temple? That's exactly what the Antichrist is going to do in Israel. But that's exactly what we are, each of us, the temple in whom God lives. God himself put it this way. I will live in them, move in them. I'll be their God and they will be my people. So leave the corruption and compromise. Leave it for good, says God. Don't link up with those who will pollute you. I want you all for myself. The jealousy of God. I want you all for myself. I'll be your father to you. You'll be my sons and daughters to me. The word of the master, God. Wow. Well, that is, that, that is, that is a, a, just a word to all of us that God is jealous over us. He does not want us touching that which is contaminated, that which is of the doctrine of devils, that which is evil, and that which is wrong. And uh, one of the things I want to encourage you about, this month's Charisma has an article, Do All Paths Lead to God? And in this article, it speaks about Hinduism, Buddhism, 
Mormonism, Scientology, Islam, Baha'i, Judaism. And also it brings out the two doctrines about the rapture. So I would encourage you, I'm not going to read about it all, but I encourage you to get this month's uh, uh, charisma. But also, uh, in the front, she has a book called Denominations Comparison. And in here, you can see the comparison between Catholic churches, Orthodox, Anglican, Lutheran, Presbyterian, Methodist, uh, Baptist Congregational, Church of Christ, Pentecostal. Uh, these are all denominations, and you can just look up the nom- denomination you're interested in. And like when you're having fellowship and there's uh, a confusion there, you can get a hold of because I'm going to share with you that part of the doctrine of the Nicolaitans uh, is present-day Catholicism. But also there's uh, this back there about Christianity, cults, and religions. And this goes into a few more like Jehovah Witnesses and Wicca. Uh, Scientology, Buddhism, and so much more. And it shows the difference between Christianity and paganism. And these things are only how much, sister? These are 350. And you get to right at your fingertips. You don't have to have a whole big library right away. You can dig these out and you can study. And when somebody at work says, well, I'm of this faith or that faith, you can immediately check them out. And especially if you're thinking about going into partnership in a business or if you're thinking about marrying Somebody, you know, a lot of times you want to find out their past as far as what they've done, who they've been with, but you need to find out what religion and roots are in their life. And so I want to encourage you about getting that and and, uh, being careful because he says you hold other doctrines. And listen, brothers and sisters, our success and our blessing depends on us sticking with the truth of the word of God. Amen. And so we saw in Revelation that he was talking about those who weren't grounded in the Word of God. And I believe I might have gave you this first point, but write this down. Evaluate, not judge, but evaluate another person's doctrine that you're fellowshiping with. Separate from those that you have to uh, separate from. And be careful not to follow deception because I shared with you, holiness is not contagious. Because the Spirit fights against the flesh, but deception's contagious. Eras contagious. And uh, there has been a many, many mighty men and women of God. If you read a book called God's Generals by Robert Lairdon, and you read about these men and women that have raised the dead and mighty moves of God, and then towards the end of their life fall into error and deception. And even men who were mighty men of God, but yet at the end of their life believed that they were Elijah, reincarnated, and, and started a whole community for Christians. And it, it's just... God, have mercy and help us. And may we always guard with the Word of God that we don't get off in any area of our life. So we have to be careful who we fellowship with. And uh, let me just give you this about Balaam. We won't go into it very long. But one of the things you can write about Balaam is that you have to be careful with those who live in disobedience and those who compromise conviction. Those are just two things. I, I shared about Balaam last time. And those are just two new things I want you to write down in your notes. Those who compromise conviction... And those who disobey the leading or the direction of the Holy Spirit. He said, my spirit will not always strive with man. We have to be careful that when someone is uh, is practicing or living a certain way, and you know it's against the will and the word of God, be careful with friendships that, that accept compromise. Compromising situations, and uh, I shared with you in Jude chapter one through nineteen, and Second Peter two one through twenty two last time that we have to be careful of all these different things. 
And part of the spirit of, of Balaam, of course, is the spirit of greed, temptation, lust, contamination, contaminating the anointing, perversion, fraud, filthy lucre, iniquity, selfishness, betrayal, misrepresentation, compromise, self-centeredness, and worldliness. So we got to be careful of those things when it comes to the spirit of Baal that the Lord was uh, talking to the church about being careful in the last days and to watch for these type of things. Be careful about trying to be popular with the world and also thank you, staying in good with God. And a lot of times, you know, you, 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 we've seen a lot of good, precious saints who start off singing gospel music, but they want to get out into the world. And so they start getting out of the world and open the realm and get out there in the world. And it's more than they can handle. So we want to be careful in that way. Look with me at James chapter one. Let me give you another scripture here. James chapter one. James chapter 1, and I'm going to read this in the New Living. James chapter 1, verse 13. And remember when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong. And he never tempts anyone else. That's what you've got to learn about God, and that will help you from... uh, having a bond or relationship with those who fool with things that they shouldn't. Verse 14, temptations come from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed, it grows and it gives birth to death. So don't, listen how he says this in the New Living, don't be misled. Say that with me. So don't be misled. Say it again with me. So don't be misled. It says, dear brothers and sisters, how many know the word says in Hebrews, God is not mocked. So we have to desire. I want to encourage desire, a spirit of discernment. Let me just give this scripture. We don't want to go there, but Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 16, I'll give it to you. And you can look it up later. Deuteronomy 11:16 talks about, and if you will turn away and go after other gods or other idols, God more or less says, then I'll just release you. My hand of blessing will be taken away from you. So it's just a warning there. And even with us saved by the mercy and the blood of Christ Jesus, we want to be careful that we don't want to fellowship or have a bond with those who are in error or practice any type of Wicca or or tradition. You want to be careful about somebody says, well, look, I have a special gift to pray for that. And it may be uh, a special uh, treating of witchcraft where they have they think they have a special gift in their left hand and, and to treat things. And there are all kind of things many times we don't know or, or take this or take that or even be careful what you order off of the TV and everything. We have to be careful. Now, what I want to share real quickly about the Nicolaitans is that their strong doctrine was you have to go through a human mediator which opened the door for the Pope. If you study about the Pope and you study about Catholic churches, Jesus taught in the Word of God and is there very clearly. Clearly, you will call no other man father. And so, I mean, I'm just sharing this with you, but the Nicolaitans' doctrine was... You need another mediator. And how many of you know that wasn't enough? Then they have to throw Mary in there. The Bible says very clear there is only one name given among men. Anything you ask the Father in my name. 
we can go straight to Jesus. We don't need the mother of Jesus to go to Jesus on our behalf. Mary was not raptured. She died and her body would be resurrected when our bodies are resurrected from the graves. She was a special chosen vessel of God, but she is not divinity and the Pope's not divinity too. He's an old wrinkled old man who needs grace just like you and I need grace. Amen. So we have to be careful about having someone as a mediator. But we also have to be careful because in this doctrine of Nicolaitans, uh, they also used areas of being of uh, dis- uh, putting down women and color and judging people by background. And how many know we are all equal before God? Amen. So we have to be careful of those things, and we have to be careful not to put tradition to be exalted above God. So one of the ways to safeguard number one is how many know the Word of God is our anchor. Amen. We do not want to violate the Word of God. So we get in the Word of God. We study the Word of God. If there's any questions, there's so many material. There's a lot of Wiccans in this area. There's a lot of religious doctrine and tradition in this area. And we want to make sure that we walk in the Spirit so we do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So we need to walk in the Spirit and study these things. And the Word of our God is our anchor. Number two, according to Acts chapter 13, how many know it says over and over the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit speaks. The Holy Spirit speaks. The Holy Spirit speaks. He can speak to you in an audible voice. He can speak to you in your inner man. He can give you a prompting. You can have a dream. You can have a vision. But the Holy Spirit is alive in the church today. Amen. And so we have to be careful to heed and listen and yield to what the Holy Spirit is wanting to tell us. And you can also see this in 1 John 4, 6 and John 16, 13. And then we have always have to measure the word with the word. And we must desire the inward witness, confirmation on the inside, and allow him to lead us and, and, and guide us in these areas. Look with me in Romans chapter 16, verse 17. Romans 16, verse 17. Galatians 6.12 says, and and just for your notes, you want to write this down, we won't go to it. But Galatians 6.12 says that if we see someone in failure or error, we who are stronger must restore them. But it gives heed there. Some do not want to be restored or some do not want to accept correction. I have seen that for many, many years. and many of you have too. Many will not accept correction correction and you can show them in the word i mean i had this guy one time in in argentina they got saved miraculously saved and they were serving god and uh he started getting a little bit interested in ufos and he got the scriptures and started pulling things out and he started talking about he had gone 60 days without having intimacy with his wife because jesus didn't have a wife so he quit having intimacy with his wife and it made him more compassionate and i looked at him and i said uh you know for some of us it'll make us meaner so amen so i mean you know don't be going around i I told him i said i don't want you sharing that with people in my church i said you're getting into error and I showed him some scriptures, and I said, you have to be careful. And he started getting on mountaintops with this group, trying to contact with the UFOs and this and that and the other. And sure enough, he ended up going all the way into an occult. And then he brought his brother-in-law into the occult with him, who was a member of our church, and a preacher's son. And the, his brother-in-law's wife was a preacher's daughter, taught in a good word church. 
And they went into that doctrine, and both of them end up losing their businesses, their homes, and they lived in a mud hut in the poorest area of town, and they had to end up living together when they had businesses and cars, and they were so blessed, and they lost everything because they left the way of Jehovah and the word and the, the way of Jesus Christ, and they went into the occult. So these warnings are for us to take heed to. So be careful. If you think you're going to, you know what, that person's into Wicca, I'm going to minister to them. You make sure you're prayed up, you're rooted, you're grounded, and you're covered by the blood of Jesus. Because, listen, there is power in the occult, and you know that. And so just don't take it on yourself that you're going to go and you're going to confront them and you're going to cast the devil out of them. Some of them do not. If they don't see the error of their way, they don't want to be freed. And you're going to see a war, as we read a while ago. Now, Romans chapter 16, verse 17. I want to read this to you. It says, And now I make one more appeal, my dear brothers and sisters. Watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you have been taught. Stay away from them. This is the New Living Translation. This is verse 17. Let me read again. And now I want to make one more appeal. Paul is closing the letter of Romans. My dear brothers and sisters, watch out. Say that with me. Watch out. Watch out. Watch out. For people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you have been taught. Stay away from them. Such people are not serving Christ our Lord. Here's Balaam. They are serving their own personal interest. By smooth talk and glowing words, they deceive innocent people. Verse 19, but everyone knows that you are obedient to the Lord. This makes me very happy. I want you to be wise and doing right and stay innocent of any wrong. And the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Amen. How many know the word is very clear? Amen. That is very understandable. There is nothing there to compromise with. I told you last time we were together, if it's family... You live by example. You can't be preaching to them. You can't get in a soapbox and say, you're going to hell. No, we don't do that unless the Lord directly has you uh, stand up like an evangelist. But you make sure you're led by the Lord and your heart's right. But you be careful that when you're fellowshipping and and, and you're not persuaded because of a family like this family was in Argentina, or many times what you see going on, that they're persuaded because of friendship. I don't want to lose that friendship. I don't want to lose that relationship. And so you compromise and you read the book or the tract, the watchtower from the Jehovah Witness or whatever it is. And uh, they give you a book and you go, well, you know, they're commercials. The Mormons have really great commercials. Yeah, and that's why they deceive innocent people. And so we have to be careful, church. I don't care if a church down the road got together and allowed the Mormons to bring their paintings in their church and they had a a unified painting uh, showing pictures and all that. It's an occult. They do not believe in the blood or Jesus as we are taught in the Word of God. And what does light have to do with darkness? And you're opening the door for demonic spirits. 
We do not watch Harry Potter. We do not watch these demonic things that open the doors. To, to, because all that witchcraft stuff sh- does on TV is to exalt the power of Satan. And we, we want to crush the power of Satan and not exalt the power of Satan. And there is no such thing as a white or a black witch. They may call themselves different, but they are from hell. So we have to be careful. We can't do anything contrary to the doctrine. That's deception. Deception and division always goes in hand, dividing families and friends and church. We've got to keep our hearts simple. We've got to stay innocent before the Lord. He says, in, uh, he says, mark those. Mark those. Say that with me, mark. That word mark means to make note of them. But listen, it goes deeper in the Greek. But also, listen now, be responsible for your own selves. Be responsible for your own selves. If somebody's coming around and there's a demonic attack, um, there's something going on. I, I don't have time to get into it, but I could tell you stories of even growing up in Lafayette and things that happened in my mom and dad's home and different other things. Even out of the goodness of your heart, wanting to help people uh, and, 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 and people that seem to be sincere, you have to pray that God helps us have a discerning of spirit because people will be instruments of the enemy to get into your home and try to bring curses and cause division between couples and even be used in a spirit of witchcraft. And so we have to be very careful uh, uh, what we hear and even words, that, personal words that people give us. It has to line up with the word of God. And so I, I want to continue here and I want to finish it talks about, he said in, in Revelations chapter 2, verse 17, He who overcomes deception, I will give hidden manna. I will allow you to partake of the hidden manna which sustains the life of God in our life. I'll allow you to get rooted and grounded in the word. I want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6. This is the New Living Translation. Yet when I am among mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or to the rulers of this world who are soon forgotten. Verse 7. No, the wisdom we speak is the mystery of God. His plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified the glorious Lord. That is what the scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor, or, no, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit. Thank God for the revelation of the Spirit of God. For His Spirit searches out everything and shows us, shows us God's deep secrets. Verse 11. No one knows a person's thoughts except the person's own spirit. No one knows God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's Spirit, hallelujah, not the world's Spirit. So we know the wonderful things God has given to us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. This is all hidden manna. This is revelation stored up for you and I. But God, but people who aren't spiritual, people who aren't spiritual, can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For 
Only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves be evaluated, cannot be evaluated but by others. For who can know God's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach Him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for the mind of Christ? Amen. But it talks about hidden manna and mysteries. And, and so many times... We wonder, why is not my life prospering? You know the word says in Third John 2, we're prosper and we're in health as our soul prospers. Just a thought. We put a lot of emphasis in faith and we put a lot of emphasis in different areas, but I do not hear this often enough. If there's an era, if there's an area of error or deception, we cannot prosper in deeper revelation or knowledge. We cannot prosper because our soul will not prosper if there is even a hint of error or deception. And so if our lives are not prospering, we do not see a progression or we do not see a maturity. And if if for some reason, you know, I don't hear from God anymore. I don't feel any uh, umptions from God. I don't feel or hear anything or see anything. We have to be careful and say, is there any area of self-deception like Balaam? Is there any area that I've allowed doctrine of others or, or something that's in error or wrong to cloud my mind and discern me so we will not grow beyond areas or get revelation from God if we do not deal with any type of deception from any uh, thing. So thank God there says there's a reward to be delivered from a deception. It talks about a new name and a new life, and Brother Mike's going to take a hold of that and be teaching on that Wednesday night. And thank God the old name speaks of the old vision, the old life, and the new name speaks about the relationship. We have a new name. When my wife changed her name from Fontenot to Cobb, it meant she was in a new relationship. Well, we have a new name with Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you stand up, please? Hallelujah. We're going to pray. I just want you to get your faith and ask the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you if there's any way any area of our life that we have to deal with, any books that may cause confusion. If you're confused in any area, get in the Word and dig until you get the answers. Look for mature believers who can help you look things up and and, and give you wise advice and counsel and and pray over the counsel that you even get. But I want you just to close your eyes and we're going to pray. Father, we come before you and we thank you for the keys of the kingdom, that this is the church that you are building founded upon your precious word. And I bind any spirit of seduction right now trying to hinder the growth and the progression of your people, of this church, of we, your people. I come against any form of seduction, even over this area and this region. We come together and we pray now. And we break the power of seduction. You gave us the authority in your name. And we declare the spirit of truth and the spirit of Christ, which is the spirit of prophecy, be released in this area. That the pure, holy, transparent, powerful word of Christ have full course in our lives and in our region. We decree and we declare that truth prevails. And we pray a prayer shield and hedges about our mind, our souls, and our spirit. We come against the spirit of error. We decree and declare that truth prevails. And we come against every form of error and any type of spirit of seduction or or any type of lies or deception, the spirit of deception of the enemy. 
We pray that, Lord, our hearts remain innocent and sensitive before you, that we can accept instruction and we can accept correction. And then when we feel something in deep down in our spirit, when we feel that something is wrong with what we're hearing, we feel something is, is not right with the Word of God or the doctrine we've been raised up, confirmed by the Word of God, that we will take heed and we will be careful and we'll be sensitive to turn off or walk away or close it or, or get rid of that book or tape or whatever it may be. But we pray, Holy Spirit that lives in us, as you are jealous over us, we are jealous over you. We desire to be well-pleasing in your sight in every area. I come against any area of self-deception. I come against the fear of man and desiring to please man more than please you, Father. I come against the fear of man and, and, and the love of praise of men that is willing to compromise the truth to be accepted by those who walk in error. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that this, a revival of truth will hit our region. That every church and every ministry will come alive as we exalt the truth and we exalt your precious word. Thank you for giving us instruction. And we desire hidden manna. We desire revelation knowledge. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And the church says, Amen. Amen. The church says, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank Him for it. Thank Him for it. So, hallelujah. I encourage you. Let everything be confirmed with two or three witnesses. Be slow to act or move on what a man, a mediator may say. Make sure it lines up with the Word of God. Make sure it's according to the Word of God. You do not want to be controlled through manipulation. We break that controlling spirit off of you in Jesus' name. No form of manipulating by saying they're speaking on behalf of God. The Old Testament is full of scriptures where it says, be careful of their prophets. Be careful of those prophets that say, thus saith the Lord when the Lord is not speaking. So be careful that everything lines up with the Word. Amen, church. Well, listen, we love you and we bless you. Tuesday night, intercession. Wednesday night, come on and hear Brother Mike. And we love you. We bless you. Hug and neck. Greet one another. If you need prayer, we'll have those up here to pray with you and bless you. We love you. Have a great week. This is the week that the Lord has made. Amen. So let's rejoice and let's magnify God. God bless you tonight. Hallelujah.